Well, hello, Virgin America. I happen to be in Los Angeles this week for our annual Rock the Casbah charity event. And I thought it was a good time to share my thoughts with all of you on the recent union effort at Virgin America. You've come out with an airline unlike any other. And now I believe the TWU is trying to take that uniqueness away. This is the very same lot that was first in line to join one of your competitors in calling for Virgin America to be grounded forever just two years ago. And I believe that if they are allowed to succeed in their current efforts, the TWU would forever change what sets your airline apart in America. I'm so proud of what you have built here, and I, along with many, many travelers who are cheering for this team, look forward to the day when you fly to 40 cities. So what I'd ask is please get informed about what is at stake with this election and understand that every single one of your votes do matter. I hope you believe in the Virgin America difference as much as I do and vote to protect your independent spirit. And I urge you to say no to the old way of flying and to say no to the TWU. Welcome to Mandatory Redistribution Party. I'm Jack Evans. And I'm Sean Morley. Uh, this ep is about celebrity billionaire, NHS sewer and tax exile, Richard Branson. Uh, what you just heard at the start of the episode was a clip of Branson in 2012 trying to convince American Virgin employees not to unionise. It is the perfect little pick and mix of the Branson brand, angling himself as a philanthropist while smashing the power of labour. And he doesn't even directly own that Virgin business either. Um, it just has the Virgin brand, but he still feels it necessary to directly interfere. But we'll get into that. Thank you to those of you who support Mandos through Patreon and sharing episodes on social media. Your help will be remembered when we surpass Virgin as a brand. You will be guaranteed a seat on Mando's Galactic when we launch into space at 15,000 miles per hour, as long as you sign the health and safety waiver. It will also grant you access to premium poison when it goes awry. If, if you don't have the premium poison, just eat the food, right? Because it's, you know, like an airline. That's like a 90s airline joke. Oh, that's good. Reference. What's the deal with the food? Yeah, what's up with it? Shut up. I'm not sure about leaving that in. I had a friend who, um, he's quick comedy now, so when he uses his joke, he had one where he goes, what's the deal with airline food? And then he'd say, there isn't a deal. Normally, the price of the airline is actually packaged in with the whole flight. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Uh, copyright Alex Derrick, who now um, works for like Deloitte or something. He's really messed up. Thank you, Alex. <laughs> Roll the app. Okay, I'm just going to read this out of context. We sat around in the church crypt. Slipped disc was one of the favourite suggestions. We toyed with it for a while until one of the girls leant forward. What about, she said, virgin? 
we're complete virgins at business. And there aren't many virgins left around here, laughed one of the other girls. <laughs> it would be nice to have one here in name, if nothing else. Great. I decided on the spot. It's virgin. An extract from Richard Branson's Losing My Virginity. What a name. So so when is this conversation uh, taking 19, place? 1972-ish, I guess, whenever they came up with the uh, the original co company. Do you want to hear the name of his other books? Yes, please. Uh, so there's that's from Losing My Virginity, subtitle, How I've Survived, Had Fun, and Made a Fortune Doing Business My Way, published by <laughs> Virgin Books. There's also... Uh, Richard Branson's Screw It, Let's Do It, and its sequel, 2007's Let's Not Screw It, Let's Just Do It, New Lessons for the Future. So that's like a sequel that contradicts the previous book. Business, Stripped Bear, Richard Branson, Arctic Diary, a little bit of a change of pace, Surviving on Thin Ice, Reach for the Skies, <laughs> Ballooning, Birdmen, and Blasting into Space. Screw Business as Usual. Globalization laid bare lessons in international business. This is the, the this guy is so horny. What is his horniness? Are there three books that start with screw? Yes. No, there's screw, screw, screw and don't screw. Yeah, yeah. Screw features in three books. <laughs> yeah. Um, when you talk about the trilogy, it's always screw, don't yeah, screw, the, screw. The screw trilogy. Yeah. And then he's got like a virgin secrets they won't teach you at business school. I always assume they taught tax evasion at business school, but whatever. The virgin way: how to listen, learn. Laugh and lead. How <laughs> to listen, learn, laugh and lead. <laughs> All at once. And the latest 2017 piece, Finding My Virginity. Right, okay. So what do you think virginity even stands for there? It's just another way for him to say business now, so while being sort of a cheeky blue, like jab you in the elbows, giving you a wink. Yeah, it's just he just loves horniness. Uh, he's got a very, you know, he's taken on from that Genesis event, as told by him, uh, he has taken a girl's idea that they call themselves a virgin, and he has made that. His whole, like, yeah, his whole branding, it's like, yeah. whoop. You know, people talk Sex. about, yeah, people talk about personal brand, and he's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm a horny guy. Yeah. I'm a horny guy, but I, and I, meant, I, I refer to horniness all the time, unless I'm in the Arctic. Yeah. The sky, His whole brand the will ensure that when he is buried, it will be under a giant pyramid and it will be buried only with a business ledger full of dodgy looking tipex and a packet of condoms. <laughs> <laughs> That's him in a nutshell. I th Before he dies, I think he's going to change his name to Virgin. Mm. Maybe like separated it out so that is a forename and surname. <laughs> Mr. Gin. <laughs> Yeah, I'm surprised he leaned into it so much because I'm assuming like that was that was what 1976. So he had to 72. make a branding 1972. Mm -hmm. So he's had to make a branding decision that has taken him the vast majority of his life now, and he's had to lean into that. So even if he didn't want to write a book called Screw It, he's like, "Who am I now? I've I've built myself. I'm just a golem that I have to inhabit now, full of weird entendres mixed with sort of <laughs> vacuous business nows." <laughs> You've brushed over some other things here. One, the brand is someone else's idea. Mm -hmm. Two, he almost called his business empire Slip Disc. Slip Disc. disc. <laughs> Slip disc Rail. Yeah. I'd love to have like an access to the sliding doors universe where that one got through. <laughs> Slipped Disc Galactic. Yeah. <laughs> and also the, the fact that this name was come up with in a church crypt. 
that that bit's been dropped, which is the kind of doomer edgelord element <laughs> in favour of sort of sexually aggressive airplanes. So what he's saying is, oh, this is where we came up with the brand Virgin. But if you read between the lines, this company was created at a satanic ritual. Some bad energy was going into that. <laughs> Some horrible, noxious, decomposed thoughts were present there. <laughs> what do I even know about Richard Branson? I just know he's like the secretive big money guy. He's not like your Alan Sugars who wants to be front and centre and argue with Donald Trump. He's like the sneaky guy who just like, he kind of made new labour when it came to like, being pally with the business lot he was right there at the conferences yeah. and he sort of represents cool despite being really old and just loving being like we're called virgin he is like <laughs> the cool end of business interests um i guess that's why he wants to go to space I and mean, he's just the nutshell of it is billionaire tax exile and privatization profiteer that's also a hot air balloon pilot and because it's always got virgin slapped on it he's probably one of the easiest to kind of trace what he's up to because a lot of these other companies they yeah. own something at the top and then you don't know where all the tendrils of like yeah. Procter <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. Gamble go to yeah. and you could have own anything in your house you'd be like is this owned by Procter and Gamble this is a human hair <laughs> right? It's because the brand, the it's the opposite. You know, like how Coca Cola own Innocent Smoothie or whatever. Sure, yeah. But they, but it's sort of, it's not front and center. It's kind of hidden a few steps yeah. removed, right? But he's obsessed with putting Virgin on you, everything. You like that's the business everything. model. Everything, even when he's doing stuff that should be illegal, he'll be like, "How's to start with the word Virgin?" Yeah, the Virgin Human Trafficking Company. Yeah, the Virgin Subterranean Blood Tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> Just between his island and Epstein's island, different sides of the British Virgin Isles. Necker Island is yeah. the one that's like in the north, which is Branson's. And Little St. James is the Epstein pedo island. And yeah. what, did, what, what did you call it? Subterranean blood tunnel. No, in full? Oh, the Virgin Subterranean Blood Tunnel. It was originally installed to make a sort of underground system between all their private hotels so they could reenact The Shining. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, what do you think was a, more of a priority for uh, for Branson buying the island in the, in the British Virgin Isles? Was it tax exile or, oh my God, that's... It's the Virgin Isles. What came first, you know? <laughs> Which name came first? Uh? I'm not even going to look it up. I'm going to assume Branson branded those islands. Or just some kind of like primordial Branson, a great-great-grandfather who just owned pockets of land in the sea. Or <laughs> maybe gambled on subterranean oceanic volcanoes, trying to name them early when they're cheap and just hope they erupt and create a landmass. <laughs> That was the original be. gambling. Uh, it could be, uh, but that would also mean that he didn't just take the name Virgin from one of his employees. Every generation has the same idea, and it's always stolen by it's a, from stolen a woman from a different person in a crypt. Yeah. yeah, he's not like like a rags to riches billionaire. Not that there's many of them anyway. He's from like an influential London family. The grandson of the right honourable Sir George Arthur Harwin Branson. Branson had like started having kooky business ideas when he was a kid, right? You know, you know, as you do when you're like 13 and you try and start, you try and be an entrepreneur. Yeah, and you make like the American cartoon style lemonade stands 50 cents. <laughs> <laughs> so these were his two uh, failed business ventures, ch childhood business ventures. My source for this is, of course, the Richard Branson autobiography, Like a Virgin. 
When I was 13 years old, I tried to grow Christmas trees in a field near our home in Sussex. Okay, yeah. You know, you come up with an idea and then you have a field available in which to grow Christmas trees. <laughs> and do you think he just just did that on his own? Just like he bought seeds, put them in the ground and tended to them I mean, over the, years the trying sub- to grow trees? The subtext is someone, either he owns this field or his family yeah. owns the field or the family is paying for someone else to look after this field of trees anyway i did can you imagine anything let's say the 13 year old just has a has doing it illegally on a park right which is all i can really conceive of that's actually cool planting tree rogue planting trees is cool i know people who just go and do that well no it's not stops erosion no but this isn't that planting any tree in a public place just to then later dig it up and set it (laughs) (laughs) that's not that's not public good just doing it in the park yeah or someone else's garden. Excuse me, are you cutting down a tree in my garden? Yes, but I planted it. Do that you understand? Actually, yeah, that seed. Remember that tree. child with the trowel? That child was me, and now, 15 years later, <laughs> I'm here to claim what is mine and sell it on for maybe £40. <laughs> but the seed cost me 15p. <laughs> so it goes on. Um, he did this with his mate Nick Powell, and back into Branson's words, who would later become my business partner. Part what the partner? Just say partner. <laughs> if you just accept saying party, you don't need to correct yourself. <laughs> I'm going to say it intentionally this time. He would later become my business partner. What? <laughs> <laughs> we thought the trees would grow quickly and so be ready for harvest four years later. Over the Easter holidays, we dutifully planted 400 seedlings. Wow. To, like, fair play. Do you know what? He actually deserves all his money because that would take ages. Then went back to boarding school and waited for our fortune to grow. We had worked out that when the trees grew to six feet tall, we could sell them for £2 each, generating £800 in profit from our initial £5 in seed capital. £5 for how many seedlings? Uh, well, he planted uh, 400. Okay, what so what are you doing? Was... <laughs> You're doing maths. No, I'm looking up how long it takes a Christmas tree to grow. Mm-hmm. Do you know how long it can take a Christmas tree to grow? No. To six feet? No. Go on. <laughs> this is why it sounds so outlandish. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. takes 15 years. How <laughs> 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 no one... How did he get... How did they plan for... How did they... Yep, no, we just wait 15 years. This is what you get when you pay for private school. This is... Yeah. This, this is... It, do you know what? It's not about knowing. It's about the confidence to go out and do it and take the risk. Uh, I, I continue. Um, I, I return to the extract from Like a Virgin. But when we returned home that summer, we found that, that the local rabbits had feasted on all the saplings and our plans were ruined. So, i.e., they just planted them and just left them in a, a unclear whose field. My next venture involved breeding budgerigars, as I knew that they bred quickly also, unlike the trees, I could sell them year round rather than just Christmas. Wise. Do you know what? This, Pretty good, yeah. this is smart thinking. I calculated, I realised that I'm ragging on a 13 year old child, but I just, I don't care. You can do it. I will rag on any millionaire child. I rag based on wealth, not on age. If you're yeah, exactly. a baby and you've got a billion, you're getting owned. You've got to have a class analysis, guys. I, I calculated how much they would cost to buy, what their food cost, and how much I could sell them for, then persuaded my father to build a huge aviary. 
<laughs> just like he's using this as an example of his like young entrepreneurial spirit and it just the sentence my dad did it. i persuaded my father to build a huge aviary yeah. and do you know like, look, do you know what i was saying before like he said i planted this and i'm like did a 13 year old plant 400 seedlings can you actually imagine him with a trowel you know 13 year olds won't even like do their own washing they're not planting 400 seedlings. And, and, and another clue that helps you link that together is like the language there. My dad built a giant aviary. Your dad did not build a giant aviary. <laughs> Your dad parted with some cash and an aviary arrived or yeah, appeared. Yeah. There's no way your dad was like, well, <laughs> it'll take six months of work and three months of that is going to be research on ideal conditions that birds like to live in, looking up the right kinds of mesh, what kind of metals. You don't want them biting on the little grills if someone they're going to get lead poison off in it. And then three months is going to be hard labour. I've got to get the lumber in. I've got to get training. I'm not a carpenter, am I? He did not build an aviary. The birds multiplied rapidly, and soon everyone in the village had at least two. Okay. Everyone in the village had two budgies. Yeah, what the fuck? I'm going to call that an outright lie. And also, if that was true, how many of those budgies survived? And that's bad business practice, because if you want to be known as the breeder, you definitely don't want to sell them two each, because then they've got their own... breed, yeah, yeah. They're sorted. They're going to be all be competitors. Everyone, everyone is cross trading budgies with each other now. He wasn't cottage industry. He hadn't got. Well, this is his proto business brain. He hasn't mastered it yet. This is the process he's going through. I returned to school after the summer holidays, leaving my long-suffering parents with the task of tending to my rapidly expanding inventory of birds. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye, mother. Please deal with this one thousand birds. Do you see what his mum does? One day I received a letter from my mother saying that, tragically, rats had somehow got into the cage and eaten all my birds. It was it was many years later that mum confessed to having been so fed up with cleaning out the enormous cage that she had deliberately left the door open. <laughs> so he, his mum just got sick of doing this kid's work for him. So dad uh, uh, supposedly built this aviary and then mum has been apparently left to actually do the labour of but looking at these fucking birds. But then rats got in and attacked and at them. Dozens of birds. Rats do rats attack birds? It doesn't scan, does it? Wait, like, okay, with this this story ends with this line. Those stories may be comical now. Uh, are, are they? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, mass budgie death because of a child's incompetence and his mum I'm, I'm not so sure but looking back it's clear i did learn a lot from those experiences never planted another tree in his life <laughs> paid someone else to do it that is the end of me tending for and caring for living things <laughs> lesson learnt. <laughs> it's not exactly rags to riches branson i thought i would give uh, i've read two branson autobiographies for this episode and which, as we learn, is actually a drop in the ocean. I've, You've been quite I, lazy. Yeah, I fucking, re- <laughs> I fucking recommend. They are, it's, they're worth reading. I don't, I don't want to get into just like reading out this guy's autobiography. It's all like, there's a bit where he takes on Saddam Hussein. Is he a child still at this point? Or no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so a few years ago, because I write for a magazine. Um, they were doing a mail out to all their contributors mm. and saying that they were they were partnering up with the Centre for Investigative Journalism. Do any of their journalists want yeah. to go there? 
and I'm not a not a journalist. I'm just a comedian that writes the satire <laughs> section. But I was like, yeah, go on then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I work evening, so go on. I'll come on. And I spent a week at an investigative journalism miniature seminar yeah. thing. Only for like borrowers and night smurfs. It was tiny, yeah. yeah, yeah you had yeah, to write yeah. with little matchsticks, <laughs> dip them in a tiny inkwell made out of a thimble. And what they did, they taught you how to navigate companies' house. So every company that is registered with the government mm. needs to make quite a lot of information accessible to the public yeah. via company's house. Mm. They just teach you how to look through it and they use Virgin as their lesson because Virgin try to hide everything in a million shell companies yep. and a million shell yep. companies. But if you just know the trick, <laughs> you can see exactly where the money goes. Um, would you like to try it now? Would you like to try it live? Oh my God, oh my God, learning. Let's do it. Let's do live learning. So let's see if I can teach you this remotely. If okay. you head on your browser to uh, Companies House, it should take you to uh, companieshousebeta.gov.uk. The website I'm on is called find-and-update-company-information-services.gov.uk. So if you search on that, something that sounds like it could be virgin based especially if you want to look into like virgin healthcare i mean i've just searched virgin and the we have virgin limited virgin management virgin care limited virgin wine online limited virgin care limited virgin money plc virgin care services limited virgin care corporate service limited that is the tip of the iceberg so this is the smokescreen mm. they have registered a million companies each with similar sounding names <laughs> so if you're looking at what they're doing you don't know whether you want Virgin Care Limited, Virgin Corporate Care Limited, Virgin Limited, Virgin uh, <laughs> Care and Health Limited. How are you supposed <laughs> to navigate this? Pick one of those that sounds remotely interesting. Okay, I've clicked on Virgin Care Limited. Okay, so that takes you into, can you see Virgin Care East Riding LLP? Uh -huh. So that'll take you into what activities are happening there. That got changed from Asura East Riding LLP. I think Asura is a private healthcare company got bought up by Virgin in 2013. If you look on the filing history, this is every piece of documentation that they illegally have to send to Company's House, and all of that is public. What we want, the easiest thing to go is find the last accounts. The last accounts came through on the 24th of December. They sent it through on the day before Christmas. You can go and view that PDF. This is going to bring you to a large document. You want to go right to the very bottom. Here it will show you the account balance, the reconciliation of members' interests. You can see how much money uh, has gone through that. Uh, three and a half million. Mm. That's turnover, I think. And then if you scroll up, you'll see point 15, ultimate parent undertaking and controlling party. The parent undertaking of Virgin East Care Riding LLP is Virgin Care Limited. Its registered office is 6600. Daresbury Business Park, Warrington, Cheshire. The LLP is a subsidiary undertaking of Virgin Holdings Limited, a company incorporated in the British Virgin Islands. And that takes you right back to the British Virgin Islands, which is a tax haven. Mm. And you can use that on any company you like. Virgin, the company, functions as just a private equity group. That's what Virgin Group Holdings is. So it just holds stakes in loads and loads of different things and creams off the profits. 
and also in some cases doesn't even own the thing. So do you know Virgin Media isn't owned by Virgin? Right, so what, it's just a branding on top of some other business? They Obviously, I think they probably owned a part of it at one point, but yeah. I, I and I imagine they probably still own a small amount of it, but it's owned by a company called Liberty Global. However, Liberty Global have to pay royalties to Virgin Holdings for the brand Virgin. And the interesting thing is Virgin Media can actually make a loss. However, the royalties Virgin. that go to Virgin, they keep making profits. Virgin Records is now owned by Universal Music Group, exactly the same thing. Virgin Group Holdings, they, they have to pay rent for the name, for the brand. Virgin Trains, they only own 10% of it. That's insane. It's insane. It's like they're it's- doing futures tradings on themselves. Someone yeah, might yeah, want yeah, yeah. to be us at some point, so we'll try and sell ourselves. Well, that, that's exactly what it is. Well, they just, they just get everyone else to try and take on like the debt and the risk, and they mm. try and minimise the risk that they are exposed to and cream off the profits. A private equity firms like an investment management company that just invests in. So this is investment is how, for example. Britain's imperial power economically still persists, right? So we don't need to formally have an empire anymore where there's the British, you know, fucking Union Jacks everywhere. And you don't need to directly control a colony because all you do is you can just buy up businesses Mm. and like, you know, load them up with debt and just take the profits back to London, right? You don't need to go into a, like, the old imperialism of, like, taking a warship to another country and knocking buildings down and then building your buildings on it. That's so inefficient for a a modern imperial power. You just send money over and you go, I've just bought out one of your central businesses and now uh, the profits get creamed off. And you to don't, my house. And you don't need to administrate it. You don't need to have mm. your soldiers there. Well, and this is exactly what kind of Branson's doing on a, on a micro level because he's at, you know, he's at the core of this business empire, but he's not managing anything day to day. Well, he, he directly kind of retired supposedly from doing that stuff about 2005, 2006. But like the people running the equity company are, you know, probably still very highly paid, very skilled at like kind of manipulating these companies so to ensure that, Uh, that, you know, Virgin Group Holdings makes a profit that goes back to Branson. But it's not like day-to-day his his genius is necessary for the functioning of all these companies. You know, like billionaires will go like, oh, well, we created all these jobs. And it's like, no, no, no. Thousands of people might be doing work, but what you're doing is extracting surplus labor and just creaming off the profits. You And that is what you contribute and that takes us right back to Company's House because what we're seeing here is just it a shows million. It. Is it is there's a, a million little just? It's just stuff down in paper. Like that. The, if you go to Virgin Healthcare Holdings Limited, yeah. that that's job is to buy up NHS buildings and own them, right? But if you look, what that company used to be called in 2010, it changed from Virgin Recruitment. Yeah. But before that, it was called Orgasmic Wines Limited. Oh. These. <laughs> These companies, they don't like do the fact that you can rename what's supposed to be a wine company to a company that buys up hospitals. Yeah, these aren't directors that are are sitting in an office doing a specific thing. It just means that what this company technically owns is changed, and you can move a hospital's ownership between any of these little shell companies and these directors. They don't need to go into the office and do anything because no. the, the job of these businesses is just to own something. Yeah, that's their, that's their function. They are like capitalism in its purest form. Mm. And this is, this is how you get rich, is by owning shit, not hard work. 
I mean, even the most successful things, it's like, oh, wow, he set up a record label. Yeah, what, to sell the Sex Pistols and the Human League's records? Did he make that music? Did he fuck? Yeah. He just controlled the distribution, right? And also, so elements of the sort of virgin Goliath, and it's it's confusing and complex to find out what is directly owned and what is not directly owned. Um, but virgin care is one area, you know, it's been in the news recently because he sued the NHS because mm. uh, they didn't give him a specific contract. But virgin care is basically loss making because what it's doing at the moment is just trying to get control. It is like the biggest private company in the NHS. So it, it sweeps in in 2010 with the sort of Tory Lib Dem coalition that like, liberalized the market inside the NHS even more than New Labour had. And, you know, in the last decade, it's had about two billion pounds worth of NHS contracts. And you wouldn't know. So bizarrely for Virgin, the logo isn't anywhere. Mm. So you will go to a GP and it, it will say NHS anywhere, everywhere. It will say NHS on any forms you sign. It will say NHS on the walls. It will say NHS on the badges of the staff. But in fact, they are all working for Virgin. This is just what we saw with the Circo app, right? Because yeah, 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 whenever yeah. it's NHS, the normal branding rules go out the window <laughs> because you need the NHS on it. Because if yeah. you went into NHS and it just said like Nestle on the walls, <laughs> you, you would leave. Yeah, yeah. You go, well, well, what the fuck is this? Well, and also it enables you to blame all of the failures or limitations of the service mm. you're delivering on the NHS, which l down the line will legitimize, oh, the NHS is failing, we need to bring in. And then you can put Virgin or Circo because you can say, we're coming to save the day. Virgin Care has like 400 NHS services that it runs, which include GP practices, urgent care centres, minor injury units and walking centres, intermediate care services, community services, wheelchair services, prison healthcare, sexual health, community hospitals, neurorehabilitation, elderly care, health visiting, district nursing, services for children with complex mental, physical and sensory learning difficulties, end of life care and social care services. Oh boy. Are all being uh, provided by the Virgin under the guise of NHS branding. But the, and here's the interesting thing. None of it's profitable yet. And that people will use that to say, Branson just knows that Virgin's such a good company that it can deliver this stuff more effectively. No, they're just yeah. playing the just fucking like long Uber's, game. Just like Uber's trying to help out these poor taxi drivers. Yeah, we're happy to not make a profit. We just <laughs> want to make sure that people can get to the shops. We're just trying to help you out. Loads of huge companies yeah, if, if, do not make direct profit this year it's like uber's one dropbox airbnb there's loads yeah. of them the stage they're at at the minute is acquire market share loads of branson's little endeavors have failed like his you know budgerigar factory that's because you don't know if people will need budgies or not especially if you could give them two and then they can build their own <laughs> you do need healthcare. you do need social care yeah. services prisons need healthcare, and he fucking knows this or you know his lieutenant's in the, in the Virgin hierarchy know this. That is why they sued the NHS for a payout of two million pounds because the NHS dared not grant them a specific contract. But it's not like they're treating these businesses like they're like as they're, they're these special things that can't afford to yeah. fail. They're just another business venture. So <laughs> right. if it would if it yeah. does go the way of the trees, just going yeah, rats came in and ate all the hospitals. People are like, well, I'll just put this in as another funny tale in my eleventh autobiography. <laughs> Screwing the NHS. Yeah, it's what they don't teach you in business school. <laughs> they because they were leaning into this like cheeky boy nudge nudge wink wink uncle with a, a like a leery smile branding that he was doing for himself, and they made Virgin condoms. The way that they marketed it, they were giving out like free samples, but they were uh, there was sort of a mini scandal because a lot of those were 
stapled <laughs> to, to a pamphlet yeah. with information yeah, 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 yeah. about something they were trying to push, which obviously they didn't realise that they're not effective <laughs> as, as condoms anymore. The, bi- the big famous one is Virgin Cola. Oh, yeah. Yeah, do you remember That's that? That's gone now. Yeah, yeah. He's, it's Branson's favourite. He says um, he liked it because he got to drive a tank into Times Square and also to create a cheeky bottle in the shape of Pamela Anderson. Oh, no. I have seen the tank into Times Square, though. Can't quite see how that lines up with the Pamela Anderson Coca-Cola. That failed because he basically tried to take on Coca-Cola, who are uh, hugely established and absolutely ruthless corporation mm-hmm. so there's loads of stuff in his autobiographies where he takes on these like big businesses like they fuck him up because they're just bigger capitalists with even more resources and a current foothold so he goes up against coca-cola and coca-cola just use all their power to basically incentivize supermarkets to only put coke on the shelves or like british airways against virgin atlantic they i think he, he eventually got like a lot of money of compensation from them because they were doing things like effectively hacking into the computer system that all the airlines kind of share at the airport in order to gather a passenger information from Virgin. Um, but it's hard to be sympathetic to like into capitalists. You, you can't be like, oh, boo-hoo. Yeah. Because it doesn't, it doesn't matter. He's a billionaire. They've never really put it on the line. When you have that much money, you can't, you are too big to fail. There's always something else. And a lot of your wealth is like, hidden in assets anyway you yeah, yeah, yeah. be so hard to become truly bank it's like donald trump has been bankrupted a million yeah, times yeah, over yeah, 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 he's yeah. never not lived in a palace surrounded by gold though you can't actually become there's a, there's a documentary and it's a documentary about like the children of the super rich i can't when it was made yeah. but like there was one where he's like telling like tiffany trump they're walking like through new york and they see a homeless man and donald trump like points out like it's a funny piece of trivia that guy's actually got more money than me because he has zero dollars uh, and I am in that much debt. And it's like, yes, yeah, sort of on, on paper, but like your standard of living will never change and almost it's untouchable. Well, even it's not even reach a certain level, is it? Because both in, in the case of Trump and in the case of Branson, like if their life did go wrong, you know, there's, there's these like little cute stories about like, oh, Branson, oh, he, he had to live in a... A canal boat because he couldn't afford a house and it was like he lived, I lived bet in it looked amazing. I bet it was like an absolute luxury gold player canal boat that goes <laughs> naught to a hundred. <laughs> but there's you know, it does and it, you know, there's interviews where he's like, Oh, you know, I had to buy this two thousand pound canal boat. And then it but if you adjust it for inflation, that's still like fifteen K that he mm. just had in his early twenties to just drop and purchase the place he lived so he wasn't paying rent. Um and like the risk the idea that capitalists so basically ca- the the Justification capitalists will use for them extracting a profit from a company is that they risked their capital, right? But as we've just pointed out, it's not really a risk because what's the worst case scenario that can happen to a capitalist? Like if they if they somehow lost all their capital and also, I mean, this wouldn't happen, but they lost all their social links to all the other capitalists. So they truly went back to like zero, like a true zero. The, this, all the scenario they're in is, oh, the only way I can make money now is if I sell my labor to someone else, i.e. the worst case scenario for a capitalist is becoming a worker. <laughs> <laughs> Having to get a normal job. The, the amount of times this guy's failed. So he set up a company, Virgin Brides. Uh-huh. And then here's, do you want to hear a little quip? Do you want to hear a little quip? So oh, this is, he was asked about the failure of Virgin Brides. Um, yeah. He said, we soon realized there weren't any. Oh, I don't get it. What all, all the all the potential brides had had sex already, or uh, Virgin Ooze? Yeah, buying up the River Ooze. 
No, Ooze O O Z E. Okay, this like is, Mr. Ooze from the Power Rangers film. This is genuinely an alcoholic beverage that Branson tried to sell. Oh, Uzo, who's making some sort of Uzo. Oh no, no, it's it's like a WKD Alka Pop. Well, like I, I, th- I think I think it's like a Red Bull with vodka type thing. Ooh. And it's just it it just says Virgin Ooze on it. Those words sound horrible on yeah, their own. Yeah, You're right. Combining them yeah, into yeah, overdrive. It's, it's horrible. Um, Virgin Cars. So Branson thought he'd sell twenty four thousand cars in its first year, but they sold. 2000 yeah rats came in and ate the cars <laughs> rats came into the showroom yeah. and drove the cars he away. actually got his dad to build the showroom and he was yeah. actually did a just dog shit job and the whole thing collapsed yeah. dad can you build me a car <laughs> I'm, I'm 98 son <laughs> virgin wear the underwear company when it at the time of liquidation they had to do a fire sale of 35,000 pairs of uh, virgin brand bras amazing uh, my favourite, and credit to Ava Liversidge for letting me know about this. So Richard Branson set up his own comic book company. In 2006, Richard Branson founded Virgin Comics, along with Hindi film director Shekhar Kapoor and New Age alternative medicine advocate Deepak Chopra. The aim of the company was to corner a gap in the South Asian comics market with a mission statement to reinvent the indigenous narratives of Asia by tapping into its vast library of mythology. But that's just one arm of what they ended up doing. The rest of their output was about busting in celebrities with no history of working in comic books to create flagship works for the company. The bizarre summaries for these short-lived projects are still available to read in online comic book archives. There was Gamekeeper by Guy Ritchie, which follows the story of a Scottish gamekeeper who becomes an urban guerrilla to combat Russian paramilitaries. Doc Walloper, by actor Edward Burns, is about a 1920s New York gangster with a massive right hand. It's about the size of a football. There was Fated, a comic book authored by Michael Jackson, about a beloved pop star called Gabriel Starr, whose near-death experience turns him into an even more beloved supernatural being. However, production stalled on that project when the author's own near-death experience turned them into the corpse of a disgraced paedophile. A comic book spin-off of The Masked Magician, titular character of Breaking the Magician's Code, Magic's Biggest Secrets Finally Revealed. It's the show that magicians around the globe don't want you to see. Zombie Broadway, written by David A. Stewart of The Eurythmics. New York is infested with zombies, and an unlikely group of actors must tame them using musical theatre. Otherwise, the president is going to drop a nuke. (laughs) And lastly, there's Voodoo Child a comic book created by Nicholas Gage and his son, Weston Coppola Gage. Voodoo Child is set in a post-Katrina New Orleans and follows the story of Gabriel, a mixed-race child of a white unionist and a black free woman caught and killed by anti-abolitionists in 1860. However, Gabriel is revived by a voodoo priest, caught between the world of the living and the dead. Gabriel can never touch the ground nor go out in sunlight, and he's out for revenge against the descendants of the man who killed him now a construction mogul whose firm is picking up all the contracts for reconstruction after hurricane katrina voodoo child is very bad but could easily be picked up by people who really wish spawn was more racialized gabriel's dreadlocks poking out of the shadows as he whispers threats in creole to his victims is very difficult reading but not quite as difficult as the notes written by white British scriptwriter Mike Carey on the back notes of Volume 1. As up close and personal as most horror is, this is also a comic book about a place, 
a unique and amazing city and the people who live in it. At this point, I have a confession that may disturb you. I'm British. Now that doesn't bar me from writing about America, obviously not. I've written many books set in New York, Los Angeles, Nevada, Arizona, but then I've been to those places and I'd never been to New Orleans. At some point when we were plotting out our first arc, I realised that this was going to be an insuperable obstacle. You can only bluff so far. In February of this year, I packed a case and headed out for the Big Easy, arriving a week before Mardi Gras. This was New Orleans shouting itself to the skies, saying in words, in music, in dancing, in a billion coloured beads, we're still alive and we're still here. I think it was the epiphany that came to me on the Monday night when I was walking down Bourbon Street on a rainbow-coloured carpet of beads with a big-ass beer in one hand and a cigar in the other that justified the trip and got me on the right wavelength to write this story. Voodoo Child, like all the other 26 comics that Virgin Comics launched, got axed when the company failed and was sold off just two years after it was registered. The story of Virgin Comics is a story of how wealth does not experience risk. Branson got to cosplay as the head of a comic book empire, inviting celebrities to cosplay as comic book creators, writers to cosplay as people who understand the lived experience of black suffering because they had a cigar. But the real risk falls to admin staff, IT departments, receptionists, cleaners, security, all the people that go into making sure an office can run. Because when this goes under, all those people are suddenly unemployed. But Branson's fine. Nicolas Cage is fine. Actually, Nicolas Cage isn't fine. <laughs> He's a bad example. But you know, Guy Ritchie's fine. And a lot of these cleaners and security staff, I think a lot of them could have told you in a heartbeat that a story about a guy with a big fist just is not going to be the new Batman. Personally, I wouldn't be able to open up a greasy spoon on the side of a lay-by without putting personal bankruptcy on the line. I can't even subscribe to Netflix without squinting at my bank balance for a bit. But for the mega-rich, the world is wide open. A virtual reality some mothers do have them, where you can fail at as many jobs as you like. Immune to consequence. Immune to derision. Letting the full spectrum of human experience wash across your brain like an endless blast of cosmic radiation. Bliss. Like, if, if I did one of these things, if I set up somehow an underwear company or to sell a drink called Jack Ooze and then it failed, that would then ruin my life. <laughs> yeah, you'd lose your friends and we'd all lose respect for you. Like in addition to the monetary loss, it'd be like, Jack, what the hell yeah, have you that's done? That's a weird U turn, yeah. right? Um, Whereas with Branson, it almost makes him more likable to like the kind of people that, you know, the cult of worship of billionaires where yeah, they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. he's a bit like me because I would have messed up that business as well. Yeah, but that's what it's all, you know, like if you read this guy's books, he's all like, oh, it's okay to fail. You've got to be willing to experiment. It's like, yes, but. Someone built you a fucking aviary when you were 13 mm. to mass produce budgies in. You could, you, you had access to sufficient land at the age of 13 to plant supposedly 400 Christmas trees. Ordinary people do not have that fucking yeah. safety net, right? And, and that's without even talking about Kuwait. Well, let's go into Kuwait. Okay, so Kuwait, you know Live Aid, the big concert back in the 80s to raise money to fight the famine in Ethiopia. You probably think of Queen playing it, you know, laundering their reputation after they broke the UN's cultural boycott of apartheid South Africa a few months earlier. 
Right, so in 2019, Richard Branson organised a sort of similar thing. He threw a concert on the Colombian side of the Colombia-Venezuela border to raise funds for um, humanitarianism. So a bit of context. Back in the 90s, the people of Venezuela brought about something known as the Bolivarian Revolution, a socialist movement led by President Hugo Chavez. Chavez got in, massively reduced poverty, uh, mainly by nationalising Venezuela's oil, taking profits out of the hands of international capital and instead putting that money into infrastructure and social services for the people. Uh, this was, of course, deeply unpopular with the business class of Venezuela and, well, the business class everywhere. Chavez's successor and current president is Nicolas Maduro, who the business class would quite like to overthrow and get those natural resources back out of the hands of the state and back where they belong in, well, their hands. All-out economic war has been fought against Venezuela. To this end, Venezuela's economy is very dependent on oil, so it needs to import goods from abroad. To do that, they need access to foreign currency or gold. To help the people of Venezuela out, the United States seized $7 billion worth of the country's oil assets, and the UK seized almost $2 billion of Venezuelan gold, which they've actually just recently had to give back because it turned out that was illegal. And their favourite replacement for Maduro is a guy called Juan Guaido. Guaido's party, Popular Will, is not huge in Venezuela. They're the sixth largest political party, uh, and they're also heavily financed by the United States Agency for International Development. Guaido is also the guy that Richard Branson organised a concert with. Obviously, the Venezuelan people are suffering, and the concert was supposedly to help them. Maybe the United States, who had seized $7 billion of the country's oil assets, really wanted to help the Venezuelan people by giving them food. Maybe coup enthusiast Richard Branson, who has a long record of profiteering off the privatisation of state assets, has the best interest of the Venezuelan people at heart. Who's to know? So the concert was supposedly about addressing this economic crisis and sending aid to Venezuela. Now, interestingly, the aid was going to be coordinated by the United States Agency for International Development. <laughs> Those guys again. And coordinated specifically by Elliot Abrams. <laughs> what? The guy who overthrew the left-of-centre government of Guatemala in 1954. One of the ways Abrams overthrew Guatemala's government was by getting weapons into the country under the guise of... Um, Humanitarian aid. <laughs> Maduro, because he's not an idiot, did not let the aid go over the border. So where did the money from Richard Branson's charity concert go? Well, it turns out it went to Guaido's representatives who, thanks to a leak from the Colombian intelligence services, we now know embezzled $125,000 of this humanitarian aid. Oops. Looks like, once again, the rats have got into Richard Branson's budgie cage. Hi. Hi, Mum. Do you have a moment to talk? Yeah, yeah, sure. So, you know the podcast that I make with Jack? Yeah. We're doing an episode at the moment on Virgin and Richard Branson. And when we recorded the dialogue for the episode... I remembered that there was this thing with virgin condoms uh, a few decades ago where they, like, were really bad. And I have half a memory that I know that through you somehow. Yes, mates, condoms. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, during the 80s. Right, up, up until then, like, Durex and condom, there was, like, one brand. And then suddenly there were these new condoms, mates, by, uh, by Richard Branson. Oh, yeah, around when he went to the family planning clinics, the books advisory or whatever, you know, you'd always get a box of condoms and suddenly they were these new mates' condoms. 
but yeah, they uh, they very quickly got a reputation for not being very good. Um, yeah, they uh, they broke regularly. Uh, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you'll have heard that one because I I will have mentioned it before because uh, yeah, that's how you were born. <laughs> Are you there? Sean? Are you still there? Mandatory Redistribution Party was created and produced by Sean Morley and Jack Evans. Our title theme was created by Ella Jean with additional music from Anton Rubenstein's Opus No. 3 performed by Paul Debra and Gloria Albravo Pueblo performed by the United States Navy Band. Thanks to Mark Powell for additional voice work in the Virgin Comics segment and thanks always to you for listening and to those of you who support us on Patreon and by sharing on social media. I hope there are no rats in your aviary. (laughs) 